My name is Hayley Robbins and welcome to the Positive Partnerships podcast series, where we bring you real life stories from around Australia about life on the autism spectrum by those that know best. Thomas Kuzma is a 25-year-old young adult on the autism spectrum from Sydney. He works as the engagement officer at Autism Spectrum Australia and is a self-confessed IT geek and movie fan. When Thomas was in high school, he stood in front of his assembly and told his bullies, I'm on the autism spectrum and I'm proud. He is a mentor for other young people and shares some of his life story with us today. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Thomas Kuzma and this is my Aspie story. So where do I begin? Well, I, as I tell everyone else, I'm a 25-year-old person on the spectrum I am Autism Spectrum Australia's Engagement Officer, and I am the honorary title of Pokemon Master. (laughs) Some people call me the Space Cowboy, others call me the Gangster of Fun. Some people call me Thomas. (laughs) No, no, that's a little joke for me and you. All right, so where does my Aspie story begin, or as I like to call it, my Aspie Odyssey? It all began back in 1991 when a hairy little baby was added to the population of Lithgow, which is right outside the Blue Mountains in New South Wales. His name was Thomas. (laughs) So as you can see, this is a story by by me, about me. Life was pretty good in the first few years growing up in a small town. My dad... And my mum had different varying views of who I was. Dad was like, there's nothing wrong with my son. He's just a little bit excitable. And, you know, you just got to pull him back. Mum, on the other hand, with her mother's intuition, noticed there were several things that were different about me. She noticed that I would have a hard time taking instructions When it came to things like lawnmowers or vacuum cleaners, I would always run inside to avoid one or run outside to avoid the other. I had some very sensitive senses to taste, textures like clothes and smells as well. But life was pretty good. I mean, when you're growing up in a small town, yeah, get your own bunch of friends. We're kind of like the kids of Stranger Things, playing our own little games. Whether it was Transformers or Star Wars or Pokemon, life was pretty good. I mean, we as a people have little uh, things that we like to escape to, whether it's doing a Sudoku or... Uh, playing a video game or watching a movie. Anyway, life life was all right. I mean, I, I did make some mistakes here and there. I went and when I was in year... Oh, no, when I was in year two, I decided to go into the bushlands behind my grandma's backyard. Mum and Dad have always taught me never to talk to strangers. But when I saw a couple of kids with their mother hanging out, I thought, hey, look, here's some kids my age. Let's see, uh, let's see what they like. 
And then I decided to go on a hiking trip with them for two and a half hours. The entire neighborhood was in chaos. They were worried the hell about, you know, what? where's Thomas? Where did he go? When they did end up finding me, I, I finally made my way down to Zigzag, uh, almost Zigzag Railway. We were on the path to that train station. Mum spanked me and said, Thomas, didn't, what is wrong with you? I thought we told you never to talk to strangers. I said, yeah, but I introduced myself to them and they introduced themselves to me and we're no longer strangers. Apparently I didn't understand, you know, certain quid pro quos to these social cues. Anyway, life... Oh, there was another time I think you guys will quite enjoy. I was at my grandma's friend's 50th. And, you know, they were having fun. And I was asking my grandma's friend, Renata, how old she turned. And she uh, pointed to her button that says, it's my 50th birthday. I went, oh, and to which I said, oh, I thought you looked older. <laughs> Now I realize that's a big no-no. Never, never get a, a woman's age wrong. Good God. Um, but overall, life was pretty good. Uh, I came from a, a very kind and loving family, and life was pretty well. All that, but my mental state of mind kind of changed when my dad's depot closed down. In order for him to maintain his work in the city, we had to move to the Blue Mountains, uh, to a place called Springwood. Now, coming from one high school to another kind of felt like I was an alien landing on an unknown planet. I'd already grown to understand the social cues and the mannerisms of my friends at um, Lithgow, but in Springwood, It's like these kids used sarcasm more than Jack Nicholson likes to flirt with women. Um, Life started to go downhill, and I had no friends, and it started to get really dark. I started to see a therapist, and it somewhat helps for this Lone Ranger, fighting off the bandits. (laughs) One day during the therapy session, my therapist asked me, Thomas, have you ever heard of Asperger's syndrome? Now, to me, I thought, Asperger's? I mean, I've heard of chicken burgers and beef burgers, but that's got to sound like the worst burger out there. Anyway, a year went on, and mum and dad had been researching the hell out of autism and Asperger's reading up such books by John Elder Robertson and Stephen Mark Shaw and so many others, they started to learn so many things that would help me with my bad eye coordination and other little things that I just couldn't get. Come September 2007, I went to a psychologist's or a doctor's in North Strathfield to get tested for my autism uh, and those types of things. But that's a funny word, isn't it? 
tested. It's like they uh, put me into a giant hamster ball and made me run with test tubes. Anyway, I, I digress. I went and I went through these vigorous examinations and tests and I discovered something. Well, they discovered something that I was high-functioning autistic. It was great to find out that I was on the spectrum. You know, you go through life and sometimes you're just wondering, why is this going on? Who? Why me? And to get that diagnosis was like a godsend or whatever you want to call it. Anyway, now that I knew that I had this condition, I had to start thinking about, you know, where to from here? I remember back in year 10 in 2006, I was watching a show called Boston Legal. It was just after I was heavily bullied. And I saw this these characters called Alan Shore and Denny Crane fighting for the little guy. I thought, that's who I want to be. I want to be Thomas Kuzma, fighter for the little guy. And I realized if I, if I need to, you know, start fighting for others, I need to look after myself first. So I realized in order to look after myself, I needed to make sure that I was, <laughs> I had to stop the bullying. So I started some research. I mean, with the help of my uh, dad and my older brother, the two biggest war fans I know. And I I realized something, that the great generals of war knew their enemy. I mean, there's so many people throughout time that have used this. There's Genghis Khan, Winston Churchill, Optimus Prime. (laughs) Anyway, so I decided to try and find out what it means to be a bully. I did a little bit of research and I discovered that that they make fun of something that you're ashamed of. Now, autism is nothing to be ashamed of. It's a characteristic, just like being really tall or having blonde hair or freckles. It's just something that makes you, you. Unless you're neurotypical, of course. That, uh, for those who don't know what neurotypical is, that's what us Aspies like to call you normal folk. Yeah, you guys can have labels too. Um, Anyway, after disclosing with my year coordinator, we decided that I would announce proudly that in front of my entire grade that I would stand up and I would say, I'm Thomas, I'm Aspie, and I'm proud. I've got to say the bullying slowed right down after that. The problem that I did face, however, was that even though the bullying had slowed right down, the there was something else that started to pick up. Like people were putting on this this fake airedness, trying to be like they were trying to be all forgiving over the most pettiest of little things. Everyone's putting on false airs and graces. And honestly, it was so annoying. When did the schoolyard become Game of Thrones? I mean, does everyone have to put their, you know, their true 
feelings behind a, a large layer of false securities and layers of, you know, mystique. It's absurd and obtuse, I tell you. Anyway, come 2008, I was studying for the HSC. I was actually studying in the same room that I'm now a teacher's aide in. It's really interesting. I was studying for, I believe it was religion, and a lovely lady by the name of Verinda Kauf came in. She sat down next to me and very politely said to me, You will not become a voice actor or animator. Now, for a person who did want to become a voice actor or an animator, this was, you know, that's, that's what it sounded like. But she actually said it very, you know, calming and forgiving. She also said, um, <laughs> congratulations, you're autistic, which I, I wasn't quite sure why she said that back then. But nowadays I can actually, I can really understand that whole thing behind it. So we sat down and had a discussion, and at the end, we decided that I'd be doing multimedia. Now that I had uh, finished my HSC, it was time for me to take the event horizon into the next stage of my life. Whilst all the other students from my class were making asses of themselves, pardon my French, um, I had to go to a transitional program run by Berinda and her League of Extraordinary Gentlewomen. There I learned some really important matters that came to most of the Aspies that were me and my uh, fellow peers in this little classroom for a tutorial orientation program, including going to and from TAFE, social skills. Uh, I had already learned some social skills from my time at high school, but I also learned some extra things like, you know, the hidden curriculum and how to address teachers, things that I had no idea about. TAFE started and I was really getting into it. I, I was starting to make friends again. And I was so thankful, but I had realized that I was not doing my work. I was too busy playing Super Smash Brothers instead of learning about animation. So I asked Berinda, and she got me a tutor by the name of Chris. Um, and with Berinda's and Chris's help, I passed my Cert for and Diploma of Multimedia. So what have I done since then? I was the best gosh darn check out check out Woolworths, serving as many people as I can. And I gotta say, the, the easiest way to get retail under your hand is if you flirt with the old ladies and the soccer moms. <laughs> it's cougar time, that's what it is. <laughs> then I went and I started working for a small time business that was an online TV streaming company. It was all right, but my boss was taking advantage of my autism. He kept telling me, you're using your diagnosis as a, uh, as an excuse when these were really detrimental things that were happening to me. I mean, who calls a guy at 6am just to say whatever? 
Um, he hounded me, he harassed me, and even took me down a couple of pegs whilst I was trying to enjoy a holiday. It all came to a head when it came to the Santa Claus pub crawl. In a south coast town, which I won't mention, my boss told me that we had to film this event. I knew that if I needed to keep my job, I had to film it. We got there, and I wasn't expecting the amount of people that were there. There was over, well over thousands of people. I went and I had to deal with drunks, smelly B.O., people pouring drinks on me, and loud music. And not only that, neon lights flashing my eyes. Anyone who has seen a person on the spectrum or knows someone on the spectrum would know that that type of environment is ripe for a meltdown. That's what they call the sensory overload, dealing with all those things at once. I had a mental breakdown, and I started seeing my therapist again. Who put me on medication? It's the same medication used for cats and dogs. <laughs> so you're lucky to know that this Aspie takes cat medication. <laughs> I started working up my, you know, my efforts again, and I had noticed that the people at Aspect had recognized my uh, talks that I've been giving. I was giving talks with a man by the name of Anthony Warren, lovely man. And he had nominated me for a recognition award. I was like, what, what's all this then? And so one faithful April night, I went to the Aspects Recognition Awards Night. And there I discovered that there was more people who had, you know, fought for the, you know, Aspie cause. And who, guess what? I won! <laughs> Not only that, I also discovered that I was going to be a future youth leader and that I was going to APAC to meet several famous faces on the spectrum as well. I had met Temple Grandin, who told me about the back door to employment at a Nova seminar, and now I was going to this. Like, oh my god. So I went, and I went to APAC in Adelaide. It's a lovely town. I mean, sorry, city. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's so brisk and delightful. Um, good geek stores as well. Whilst I was there, I, I went to John Elder Robertson, one of the most famous writers on the spectrum, and I asked him a couple of questions, like, how does, I've always wanted to get pursue a career in writing, how do I get into that? And the other one was, I'm still trying to find who I am, can you help me out there? And so John Elder Robertson told me that we are the sum of our own experiences, and we should take on board everything that has been in our past because they teach us all kinds of things. And that if I wanted to pursue a career of writing, then I should start my own blog. And that's what I did. I started writing a blog about what it's like to live with autism, which was seen by Aspect. And they were like, hey, why don't you write a blog for us? 
and then through a couple of words from Nova, I got, we ended up with a part-time job where I was Aspects Communications Assistant, and I was working a fair amount. I, I, it was one of the best jobs that I've had. I have gotten a promotion somewhat. <laughs> uh, I am now Aspects Engagement Officer, giving talks. I, uh, I write a new blog for Aspect, and I cover all kinds of events that Aspect has covered and other events that people on the spectrum would enjoy, like, like conventions, uh, like Supernova and Oz Comic Con. Not only that, I've also been pursuing my career of drawing and art, as well as writing. Um, on Instagram, I have been drawing all kinds of wacky little pictures and painting all kinds of video game things. <laughs> My life on the spectrum has been really interesting. Sometimes you'll be thinking of, I don't know, uh, what happened in the, um, in the recent football game or what's been going on in America or Pakistan or Nepal. And then you, you turn to your life and you might regret some things. And, you know, there's occasionally things that I will uh, be wary about. Did I kiss this woman wrong? Did I, uh, did I say that thing correctly? What if, you know, I ended up saying yes to that type of thing and no to this sort of thing? But if there's anything you can take from my pontificating here today. Well, there's probably some three, there's three things that you can take away. Number one, to embrace the different. I mean, there are so many times in life where we go and we try to conform with, you know, everything that's going on. For so long, I didn't enjoy Backstreet Boys because I knew that all the other guys didn't like Backstreet Boys. <laughs> And I tried to watch Daria because all the kids really liked that show. But it's okay to say I hate Daria. Not that there's any person called Daria that I dislike. or um, And it's okay to say I like Backstreet Boys. Because the only opinion that should matter is yours. And those that, you know, mean something to, to you. Like your parents or close family members. Number two is to always be thankful for the, not only the good times, but the bad times in life. Because even though, if, even though we have these really fun times and really enjoyable moments, if life is just filled with those, then life wouldn't really have meaning. It's the the hard strives and the you know the difficult times in life that we have that help us embrace the uh, who we are and help mold us into the person we are today. You may be in a tough situation right now, but what you are going to learn from this will help you later on in life. And lastly, 
to always flirt with the soccer mums and the uh, old ladies. <laughs> Thank you, and I, I hope you have a aspy day. <laughs> Enjoy life and do with it what you will. Adios, amigos. <laughs> us to the end of this episode in the Positive Partnerships podcast series. In the next episode, we meet Megan Worry, a mother from Darwin whose nine-year-old son is on the autism spectrum. Rules are the only constant for him in this whole unpredictable world of social interactions. Thanks for listening and be sure to check out the Positive Partnerships website for more information, resources and upcoming workshops on helping school-aged students on the autism spectrum.